welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. You see, Christmas is not exactly the time that Jesus was born. It's the time that he came to earth. But he, he was alive and well long before Christmas. He actually said, before Abraham was, I was. In John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word became flesh. So Jesus was right there at the very beginning. Before anything, as we know it, was created, Jesus was already there. He was already alive. And so Jesus was not born at Christmas. It's just when Jesus came to planet Earth to show people how to live and to bring a message of hope, peace, and love and joy. It's no wonder the shepherds, as they were tending their flocks, were so excited when the angel said that there is a baby that has been born and is going to save mankind. No wonder they were filled with great joy. No wonder they said, oh, come, let us adore him. For that is why he came. In Psalm 71, verse 14, it says, but as for me, I will always have hope. I will praise you more and more. Again, in Romans 15, verse 13, it says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. The reason I feel to share about hope this morning is because I know this to be true, that our hope is under attack. And if you lose your hope, you lose everything. You may have heard it said, you know, while there's life, there's hope. I don't necessarily agree with that. I know a lot of people who are alive, but they don't have any hope. I believe the reverse is true. Where there is hope, there is life. I know people who are on their deathbeds, but because they have hope, they have life, and they have peace, and they have joy. The answer to this world is hope. And that's why Jesus came. You see, when we lose our hope, we lose our horizon. I believe with all of my heart that the best is yet to come. Jesus said it this way, it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. That's what hope does. It gives you a, it gives you a stirring on the inside that the best is yet to come, that there's always something good around the corner and that even in the darkest moments, it can get Better. Even in the darkest moments, there is something good to come from it. But when you lose your hope, you lose your horizon and you can't see beyond what's in front of you. You know, if I was a driving instructor, as I will be in a few years' time when my kids decide to drive and I'm going to have to teach them, but the first thing I'm going to teach them is to not drive looking at the car in front of you. And if there's any ladies out there, it may may be news to you. Don't drive looking at the car in front of you. No, you need to look far ahead. You need to look at the cars in front of you. You can't worry about what's just going on right before you, right in front of your eyes. You've got to look into the horizon. And that's what hope does. It helps you to see beyond the present circumstance and the situation that you're facing. But when we don't have hope, we lose our horizon. We also foster a survival spirit. And we just survive instead of thriving. Jesus came that we might have life and have it to the full, have it to the max, life with a capital L. He didn't have it with just a life, you know, just, just to survive. He wants us to thrive in life. But without hope, we lose that. 
And we begin to lower our expectations. And we lower our dreams. There's something I love about kids. They believe they can do anything and be anything. And, and, I, I, and I trust that we never lose some of that. Yes, we need to grow up. Yes, we need to mature. Yeah, we've got to put some childish things behind us. But there are some things we need to hold on to. You know, when we first started this church, I had this dream. I had this desire. I had this thought that we could change the world. I thought we could make a difference in the world in which we live. I thought we could bring peace and joy and hope and life to people. 18 years later, we've had a lot of setbacks. But you know what? In the heart of my heart is this little boy that says, we can still change the world. We can still make a difference. Yes, there's been some setbacks. Yes, there's been some things that haven't quite gone my way or our way. But you know what? The best is yet to come. And I refuse to adopt a survival mentality. I don't want to survive. I want to thrive. And without hope, you're not going to thrive in life. When we lose our hope, we focus on self-priority. In other words, we position ourselves at the center of everything. And we no longer get involved in people's lives and in people's worlds because of how it might affect me. And there are many people today who are lonely at Christmas because the thought of having another broken relationship is too painful. And I know pain, uh, relationships can be painful, but it's much better to be involved in the pain and embrace the pain for the sake of the joy that comes with those relationships. Hey, we've got families here. Most people in this room is attached to somebody in this room, and I, and I guarantee this to be true, that those that you are closest to, the ones that you love the most, the ones you've had the most joy with and the most precious moments with and the most intimate moments with are the very people that upset you the most. Welcome to relationships. But without hope, you'll just make it all about yourself. And you'll self-prioritize instead of putting Jesus at the center of it all. Martin Luther, a great reformer in the 1500s, said this, We must accept finite disappointments, but never lose infinite hope. You see, hope is the anchor of our souls. You know, I'm not much of a boaty, but I know this about boats. That probably the, the best survival apparatus on a boat, when there's a storm, is not a life jacket, but it's actually an anchor. Any of you who are into boats and would call yourself an avid boaty would know this to be true, that in a storm, you throw out the anchor. And what the anchor does, it lodges into the sand and it swings the boat around so that the front or the bow, is that right, the bow of the boat? points into the storm. In other words, when you have hope, you can face your storms head on. If that boat is in a storm and it's on the side, it's going to get tipped over. If it turns to try to get away from the storm, it's going to fill up with water. The best way to face a storm is to face it head on. And that's what hope does. It's like an anchor. It helps you to face your storms you're facing head on. We don't turn away, we don't run away, we don't shy away. We face every problem, we face every situation, we face every circumstance in life head on. And that's the power that we have with hope. And this hope must be stirred up. 
You have to believe in hope. We read of a man by the name of Abraham who was very old in age, but he received a promise from God that he was to bear a child, a child that would just be incredible and do some incredible things. And year by year went on. And in Romans chapter 4, it says this. I love this. I love it, love it, love it. It says, Abraham being well aged, did not waver in his faith, but believed in hope in the promises of God, knowing that he had the power to do what he had promised. And at the age of 100, get this, men, 100 years of age, he looks at his wife, who's 90 years of age, and says, honey, I've been given a promise. And we're going to try one more time. And we're going to have fun doing it one more time. And at the ripe old age of 90, his wife Sarah bears the promised child because Abraham believed in hope. He never wavered through unbelief, but he held on to the promises of God. And so where can we find this kind of hope? Where can we find this hope that's an anchor for our soul? And how is this hope connected to Christmas? I believe there's a few things in my short time with you this morning that we can highlight where we can get this hope from. And this hope is based on, firstly, the past promises. This hope that I'm talking about this morning is based upon past promises. You see, the basis for our hope is found in the way God has kept His promises in the past. You see, way back to the very first human beings that ever walked the earth, Adam and Eve, when they messed up, when they stuffed up, when they sinned, God stepped in and made a promise that there's one to come. And He's going to fix up the mess that's been created by your sin. It was a prophetic promise found in Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. And this verse contains amazing amount of information concerning God's plan for the human race. It talks about His plan being centered around a specific person. He said that this person would be a man, that He will enter the human race being born of a woman, that He will do battle with Satan, that Satan will strike a blow against Him, but He will not defeat Him. This was all prophesied years before the event. And he said that he will crush Satan and his power. Right throughout the Old Testament, there is prophetic promise after prophetic promise after prophetic promise about this boy child that was to be born. We read that this child was to be born in Bethlehem. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We read that he was to be born a Jew. Jesus was a Jew. That he would come from the tribe of Judah. Jesus came from the tribe of Judah. That he'll be a descendant of David, as was Jesus. That he'll be born in Bethlehem, as I've already mentioned. And that he'll be born of a virgin. Now you may be able to say, well, there was plenty of boys born in Bethlehem. There were plenty of boys that were Jews. But as you go through this list, Prophetic promise after prophetic promise after prophetic promise after prophetic promise. It leaves only one candidate. Only one man can fulfill all those prophetic promises. Only one person. 
and his name is Jesus. And so I want you to be encouraged this morning that what God said about past events, knowing that they came to pass, we can put confidence in what God said about the future, knowing that they will come to pass. We can have a hope. We can have a peace. And we can have a joy based upon past promises. Secondly, because of him being a present help. In Psalm 46 verse 1, it says, God is our refuge and strength, our ever-present help in times of trouble. It's an amazing thought that God sends his help when we're in times of trouble. You want God's help? Then you've got to be in trouble. That's when he sends his help, when we are in trouble, because he's always wanting to take us through those moments, not out of. See, so much of our praying is, God, get me out of this. He goes, I'm not going to get you out of it. I'm going to get you through it because I'm your ever-present help in times of trouble. And what you don't know in those times of trouble is that I'm looking for a win-win. I'm doing something bigger. I'm doing something greater. I'm doing something deeper in you than you could ever dream, hope, or imagine. In Romans 5 verse 3, it says, We also rejoice in sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit in whom he has given. That's what hope does. Even in the midst of trouble and suffering, we know that these are working together for good. That's what it says in Romans 8, that God is working all things together for the good. I love it when God takes my mess and turns it into a message. I have stood up here many times before and talked about my mess ups. I talked about a moment when I went to Bondi and lost my call. It's a horrible moment, an embarrassing moment. And as I've shared that story, it's helped countless people. One, it's made you feel normal. But also in processing and dealing with that moment, it's been able to help people. And God turned my mess into a message because that's what he wants to do if we can hold on to our hope. He's working all things together for the good. So I don't know what it is that you're going through this Christmas. If you're going through a tough time, I want to say rejoice, persevere. It's going to produce character and it's going to produce hope in you. So don't give up, don't give in. And the third thought this morning is simply this, future glory. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Dear friends, now we are children of God, and what we will be has yet to be known. But we know that when He appears, we will be like Him, for we shall see Him as He is. Everyone who has hope in Him purifies himself just as He is pure. This is what hope means. It means better days are coming. Hope means the best is yet to come. It means things won't always be as they are now. And so if you are going through a dark day, a heavy day, a black day, a sad day, I believe with Jesus at the center, it's going to get better. Because there is coming a day 
based upon the prophetic promises in the scripture that Jesus Christ will return to planet earth. He came as a babe in a manger the first time. The second time he's coming back as king. He's coming back to rule. He's coming back to reign. He's coming back on a white horse and he's coming back all inked up. He's got a tattoo that is written on his thigh that he is the King of Kings and he is the Lord of Lords. And at his name, every knee will bow and every tongue confess. And I want to tell you that is a hope worth holding on to because with Christ we win. People say, a, a tattoo's, you know, biblical. Well, Jesus is coming back with tattoos, so hey. Just not silly little roses, that's all. I'm not looking at anybody. It's going to look down. Here's my conclusion. As the band please comes to the stage to join me, as we close with another carol. Is there hope in the world today? Absolutely. You see, hope invaded the world 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem. And if you want that hope to invade your lives, you've got to do what the shepherds did. You've got to humble yourself. And you've got to respond to the invitation to come and adore him. I said, come and adore him, not ignore him. People often say, why do bad things happen if God is such a God of love? The answer to that, my friends, is real simple. Because we ignore God and we reap the consequences of ignoring him. The shepherds adored him Many today ignore him. But let's not blame God for why bad things happen when we don't do anything that he tells us to do. That'd be like the child blaming the parents for getting burnt when the parents said, don't touch that, it's hot, you'll get burnt. And then they touch it and they say, yeah. Because kids do that, don't they? They go, no. It's not the parents' fault that you ignored their advice. There's one in heaven. He loves you. He knows you by name. You matter to him. He knows your story. And your story matters to him. And it is my prayer and my desire that if you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that this Christmas you would seek him until you find him. Because in seeking him and finding him, your life will be changed for the good as we saw in Norm's story. And there wasn't a greater unbeliever than Norm. He's the only man to date that has stood up here and had the confidence to say, I don't believe in God, so there. <laughs> but he added this, but if he does exist, he dwells in you lot. Because he'd seen something of the love and the kindness and the hope and the peace and the joy in us. And that is the privilege of every Christian who's still on planet Earth, that we have the opportunity to show the world what Jesus is like. And so if you're not a believer, if you're not a Christian, my prayer for you is that you would seek him until you find him. If you are a Christian, then I would say don't lose your hope. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Place him at the center. 
and be Christ everywhere you go today. You please stand with me. I want to pray and then we're going to close with a song. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for sending the greatest gift of all, Jesus. This morning we say thank God for Jesus. And I pray that through the presence of your spirit at work in this place, you touch every precious person and illuminate your truth that lives be deeply impacted and changed as a result. That this hope that you speak so much about would not just be a theory nor a theology, but it would be our reality. That we would live with our heads held high, with Jesus at the center, knowing that the best is yet to come. And we thank God that it's all been made possible because of what took place some 2,000 years ago. Jesus, we're forever indebted. We thank you. We love you. We adore you. Amen. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen. And God bless.